Welcome to Calling It Out, the podcast dedicated to calling out the BS in your head and teaching you how to free yourself from an eating disorder or an eating distress. Throughout this podcast, we'll be looking at the way we think and how it impacts our behaviours. With each episode, we'll be teaching you how you can change your thinking in order to lead a freer life. I'll be your host, Jacqueline Campion. For today's episode, we're going to be looking at how to free yourself from body obsession and food obsession. So first things is about looking at the idea of like, how do you know you have a problem? The main thing to look at is, are you experiencing extremes? When you're experiencing eating disorders and eating distress, or you're maybe at a stage where you're not yet comfortable with even maybe identifying um, that you can relate to maybe challenges that are related to experiencing an eating distress or eating disorder. Because again, as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, there can be a lot of shame. It is about looking at and becoming more curious about your language that you use around nutrition and also the behaviors that and the choices that you make around nutrition. So how you would know that there is information there, that there is a potential self-destruction happening is there's a there's a couple of things. So even kind of looking at different behaviors like restriction or over exercising or emotional overeating. Get curious about how much of a percentage of your thoughts a day goes on thinking about food, thinking about your body or thinking about exercise. So you've got at least 60,000 thoughts a day. If someone asks you, what is the percentage of my thoughts going on food and the body? Now, if you're looking at at least, you know, 40 percent 50 percent upwards this has given us a lot of information that there is an extreme value on what you're eating what you're taking in and you know a lot of thoughts about maybe what you'll have next maybe you'll think I'm really looking for you know you can wake up and you'll already be thinking about lunch dinner things like this so this is one thing about If it's taking up a higher percentage of your thinking, it gives us information that there's a lot of worth into it and a lot of our own worth is tied into what we do or we don't do. Look at the timing as well. Are you very strict with the timing of your of your meals, of your snacks? Um, Are you very particular about the cutlery you use? Simple things like that. If there's a lot of kind of uh, repetition to a point where it's extreme, that's given us information that something is out of balance. And when something is out of balance, it creates a lot of chaos in the mind. So this is one thing where when you see real extremes in that area, it's given us information about the kind of rate and the language that's going to be used, the tonality in your thinking. OK, so it's going to be a little bit like a prison. So look at the kind of is there routines, are there rigidities or is there the opposite? You know, there was a stage kind of from my journey where I would I mean, the best way to describe my body was like a bin and um, I would have put anything into it at any time there was absolute chaos so I went kind of from one extreme to another there was a lot of chaos in my decisions 
you know, one minute I could be maybe having a panic about some bits and orange juice and then the next day I'd be having, you know, chocolate gateau for for breakfast. So this is a lot of kind of information where as well, like if you're kind of as well, if you get very excited about food. So what can be really popular at the moment is a lot of people are kind of self-labeled like I'm a real foodie. Now, there's a, there's an enthusiasm and a respect for food and the preparation and everything that goes into it and the creativity. But when you're experiencing eating distress, there can be a lot of it can be a place where you look to kind of get a lot of maybe joy and, you know, kind of numb, numbing out comfort, things like this. So when you're maybe quite dependent you know, or maybe something comes out and you're really disappointed and it kind of almost impacts not just your kind of your 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 meal out with kind of friends or family, but it really kind of gets you down. That's going to be an extreme. So if the if if your choices around nutrition or what kind of, you know, what way your dinner or your lunch works out starts impacting the quality of your day, that gives you information that's going to be out of balance. And that's an extreme. If you start evaluating yourself on how good of a person you are based on the breakfast or the lunch you've had it gives you a lot of information on the story you tell yourself and um, about yourself and the relationship with yourself if I eat porridge and I end up a good person that's a bit of a kind of scary place to be in the world if that's all you kind of have to do so again just the kind of lingo the validation how much um we look to nutrition and exercise in order to get validation and as well even the opposite of even looking for validation you can look to the other side where it's an opportunity to self-sabotage oh I feel shit I had that earlier on I shouldn't have I knew it was going to be too much and so this is a lot of information there's kind of it's like a kind of slingshot effect one extreme or the other it is an opportunity to get curious. Could life be a little simpler for me? Could life be a little bit easier for me? And I suppose from my experience and, and the people that I'm working with on a daily basis, it's a case of like, why not? You know, just getting curious as opposed to critical. If you notice these behaviours, if you notice this lingo, if you notice a lot of your choices are coming from a place of should, have to, need to, or you kind of, you notice discomfort coming up if, if time has passed and you normally have a snack at this time and it's it's gone past it maybe five, ten minutes and you're starting to get a little bit panicky. That's information. So it's an opportunity to get curious about it. Um, how how do you free yourself from food obsession and body obsession? So most of the time when people, um, you know, come to the Merino Therapy Centre for, for one-to-one appointments or, or group appointments, the first thing they'll often want to get rid of is the food obsession and the body obsession. Now, this isn't going to, from listening to just this episode, it's not going to just rid you completely of food obsession and body obsession. It is something that if you continue to listen to episodes, you continue to practice the exercises we talk about, it will melt. But ultimately, food and body obsession, if you want to free yourself from that, it's about getting curious and about what's kind of driving the the pressure and the extremes and the obsessions around the nutrition and the body. You know, what story are you telling yourself that is making these aspects of your day so important to a point it's a priority above your relationships? And that's an important thing to kind of be honest with yourself. You know, would you rather stay in and practice behaviors or deprive yourself from a connection with friends would you would you 
rather are you choosing behaviors over connections with other people or other things in your life and again there's no shame in that it's just information so getting like if you want to free yourself from these obsessions it's about exploring kind of what is driving this what is the story that I'm telling myself and to the obsession is going to come from you're going to be looking for something, you know, if I if I eat this, if I don't eat this, it's going to mean something. If I go to the gym, if I do this hike, it means something about me. It's getting curious about could you value something else instead? You know, what if what if, you know, what do you think about the idea that your size is never going to bring you contentment? Simple tools that you can practice in order to free yourself um, and start freeing yourself from the, the food obsessions and the body obsessions. So going back to the three A's, you know, awareness, acceptance, action. So even like when you're getting up in the morning, tune into the lingo when you're maybe either making breakfast, skipping breakfast, having maybe more breakfast than the body wants. You know, how's my lingo? How What's driving my choices here? Because again, as I often am saying, freedom is a choice and you've got so many opportunities each day to practice freedom. So especially around nutrition, is my choice coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of fear? Because if you keep making fearful choices, they're going to be conditioned thoughts. They're going to be red thoughts. So when you choose condition, you've got more red thoughts. You're going to be having that on a subconscious level and then you're going to go into more destructive behaviors. And and that's you know, you're not really, ultimately, you're not in control of your behaviors. The behaviors are controlling you. So even practicing, like, what do I think, you know, what do I think my body would ask for? If I could give my body a voice here, if I could give it a choice, what do I think my body would actually ask for? Now, at the beginning, when when you're practicing behaviors, you're going to be body-mind disconnected. So straight, like, every people listening to this are going to be at different stages of the recovery. But if you have a lot of kind of self-harming behaviors at the moment, there will be body-mind disconnection. So it isn't a case for you to kind of ask how you feel, but because that's going to be cognitively created. But just even getting, start introducing, it's like working a muscle. Practice being considerate about your body and there's a difference between kind of being a little bit maybe conscious of the choices that you make there's a difference between you know respecting and being conscious of maybe other people's needs or you know your body's needs and then being kind of completely obsessed and kind of oh my god because that's another obsession again like the, the obsession with healthy food I should have this you know it's it's not really about your body it's it's if you're being honest with yourself it's because you're afraid not to kind of follow certain rules and you're putting a lot of worth and validation into how fabulous your meal choices are and how healthy and wonderful you are because a lot of the time an obsession with health food leads to um, a very unhealthy body so just simple tools like that again credits and gratitudes towards your body just practicing thinking about your body a little bit more but it's how we think about it it's not necessarily like what you're thinking about but how you think about it see it as like a partner see it as like a team player consider it a little bit more you know we often as well even with our bodies we can we can go to bed extremely early because we just kind of want to just end the day and things like that and we don't necessarily want to go out anywhere like okay I'm just going to bed I'm just want to end the day I'd rather just sleep for it or you can have the opposite you're staying up till all hours you can be doing a lot of behaviors during the night time as I said like you know night eating things like that 
It's um, even getting curious, you know, how is my even sleep pattern? You know, am I even kind of, am I thinking about how respectful am I being towards my body? And just simple questions, even in the morning time, like what choices could I make today that would be exercise and respect towards my body? And it's just asking these questions. The questions are more important than the answers at the moment, because we're going to go further into this. Like ultimately, when you let go of food obsession and body obsession, it's going to be as a result because you value so much more about yourself and you'll have different motivations. Another question to get curious about is like, what if it wasn't maybe being good or size or being healthier, things like that, that motivated my nutritional or my kind of exercise kind of movement decisions, what else could motivate you to nourish yourself? Are there any other motivations? And this is really about, it's an opportunity to look and work on the relationship with yourself, which is ultimately what the freedom from eating distress is all about. So just even being quite practical about it, maybe, you know, what, what I often found quite helpful throughout my journey, write a letter to your body, body, When was the last time that you even maybe wrote a letter to your body? Now, that might sound a little bit bonkers, but when you think about it, there's probably been a few ups and downs, a few highs and lows and just actually checking in. I would definitely encourage you to just sit down and kind of go, dear body. I like to refer to the body as like a treasure box. You know, it's like all the little organs are like little jewels and stuff like that, because for me, the body had so many negative connotations. But, you know, dear treasure box, dear body. And see what comes up. It doesn't have to be a love letter. Maybe you're a bit annoyed at it. Maybe you're disappointed. But like any relationship, allow yourself to start being honest with yourself with the things that maybe you're uncomfortable with. Um, you know, maybe you have expectations. Just even just get a page, write dear body and see what comes up. So this, like any relationship, it's about communication. It's about dropping the judgment and practicing more curiosity about what's kind of coming up for you. And these simple tools, just credits and gratitudes, five pieces of credits, five pieces of gratitudes each evening for your body. You know, what has it done for you? You know, allow yourself instead instead of getting the magnifying glass out and kind of start criticizing and judging everything that's done wrong and what it's not doing for you. You know, we, we tend to do that in, in relationships with ourselves or with other people. Get a different magnifying glass and actually start writing a list what has it done for me? What could I be grateful for? Now, this stuff for me personally was a bit of tree hugging hippie stuff at the beginning. But if you feel opposed to do it, opposed to kind of doing it, that's even more information. Anything that you don't want to do, that's exactly where you start off because it's challenging the condition. You know, on a practical level, you know, when you're making choices, whether it be a cafe, restaurant at home, what you make, you know, or you know, you're either hesitant to choose something or you feel like you'll be deprived if you don't have something. With emotional overeating, a lot can be, there can be this kind of idea that like, oh, I don't want to feel deprived. It's like food FOMO. Um, so that's something to even practice, whether it's a restriction that you're experiencing or there's a bit of food FOMO that you're like, oh, well, I want it, so I'm going to have it. There is a difference between, as I said, freedom choices and the feck it button. The freedom choices are coming from a place of love. There's a place of kind of what would I like? It's a choice. Whereas the feck it button, it looks like freedom, but it's actually like a little bit of a retaliation because you kind of feel like you've been locked up for a little while and you're like going to justify why you deserve it and blah, blah, blah. So if 
you're justifying why you're making certain choices, there's going to be you're going to be kind of covering up a lie there. So that's just a bit of information. So practically challenging your choices. If you recognize that the condition thinking is saying you should have this and this is the best choice. Why not today go out and actually get curious? What would I like if I was fully free? If I let go of the fears, what would I choose? And allow yourself to just play with a little bit. Recovery is very practical. Choose that. See what comes up for you. See what kind of feelings come up for you. What thoughts come up for you. What kind of discomfort is coming up. Because ultimately if you want to free yourself from the obsession. You're going to have to take a risk. And start practicing trust with your body. Now when you start practicing trust. Like in any relationship. If you've kind of been paranoid Pam for ages. And now you're ultimately kind of going. Okay I'm not going to be calling my partner. Every kind of half an hour to see where they are. There's going to be a risk involved there because the fearful mind, the conditioned mind is going to, the kind of ego is going to be like, what if, what if, scary, scary. It's, a, it's going to be like a scaring yourself tactic. So just practically making a freer choice and see what comes up because we need to kind of we need to bring the shit to the surface so we can wipe it away. And if you don't take action because the three A's awareness, acceptance, action. If you don't take action and you don't practically challenge the condition, you'll never know what needs to be worked on. And then you'll never experience the freedom. So play around with it. Even have a little bit of fun with it. Practice more curiosity. Um, Also get curious if you notice yourself judging other people and their nutritional choices and how often you're maybe kind of saying you are good or you're bad. So Three A's, awareness, acceptance, action, tuning into the self-talk. You know, even when you're making choices, stop, slow down, simple thinking. And even with your nourishment, as you can tell, I like alliteration. So I kind of turned it to three T's. Taste, texture, time. How would I describe the taste? How would I describe the texture? And take your time with it. Now, it's not that doesn't mean you sit down over a bowl of porridge for half an hour, but taking your time, especially with the emotional overeating, you know, and kind of purging and things like that. We can be going around like a like a Dyson for food and and, and there's no connection there. So practicing taste, texture, time, appreciating and respecting the nutrition um, instead of constantly evaluating evaluating and comparing you know what's the best and what you should have um credits and gratitudes for your body write a letter even to your body and see what comes up for you it'll be a very kind of juicy um exercise and just start having that conversation when you're making choices you know whether you want to maybe okay well i walk here and i should do this well you know how's my energy do i feel tired you know, is this, if my body could talk, what would it be asking for? So just practicing a couple of those simple tools, asking a couple of these questions, what does freedom look like for me? Um, you know, freedom from food obsession and body obsession, what opportunities could it maybe present me with? What else could I maybe think about if I wasn't thinking about the fears and the pressure around what to eat and what to exercise and what movement to do? Um, getting curious about the story you're telling yourself that fuels these kind of rigid routines and rituals and things like that um, and just getting curious about what you'd have to let go of. 